Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. The Extra Point Show with Sal Capaccio and Sneaky Joe DiBiase on WGR Sports Radio 550. Well, we're getting closer. It's Thursday, Sunday night. I don't know, 6.30. Do you call it Sunday night, Joe? Or do you call it Sunday evening? Sunday? What, how, what do you call 6.30 p.m.? Night, uh, evening, afternoon? Evening. But I'm okay calling it a night okay. game because the whole thing will be played with the sundown. Pretty much. And because during the game it'll be three hours long. By the time you yeah. get out of there, it's 9.30. Yeah, Most it's of it will be at night versus in the evening. Yeah, it's a night. Is, a, is, the, uh, is the Super Bowl a night game? Yes, right? At the same time, isn't it, roughly? I I think the Super Bowl is generally considered a night game. I, I, I mean, It is, by the way, I'm laughing because it is right now, like, still, there's no school, basically, for the area. Mm-hmm. I have my son here, and he's trying to show me, I think, uh, P, what, PSA card? What He's trying to show me literally live. I'm like, dude, what are you doing? And he showed me, he's looking up cards and their value because he, he, um, he likes oh, to, yeah. you know, collect cards. What card is this, Max? What are you looking at? Oh. He's trying to grade all his cards. Oh, he said he's, he, the cards that he just got, like they're grading up to over three hundred and twenty-five dollars. Wow, just told me, which is great, right? Yeah. Little kid. But here, so last night we were out. We did a little shopping last night. We went out to dinner, and we had no driving ban here in our area. And he decided to buy a box of cards. And Joe, in the first pack, he pulls two rookie Victor Weminyamas. Wow, two. two, two, in one pack, right, Max? It wasn't just it wasn't two packs. Yeah. One pack. And they were, one, they were like both two cards. There you go. Two different cards. Two separate kinds of cards. And one pack. And I've never... And usually you never don't get the same player at all. Joe, two rookie Victor Wembanyama's in one pack. No, but it was like Victor Wembanyama. Yep. And then you pull it's it amazing. Away, and it's Victor yeah. Like, there you go. Isn't that amazing? Like, yeah. So there, that's what I'm dealing with today here at, at home at two the Capa- Studio Capaccio and the Extra Point Show. Well, now yes. you're all going to have to become Victor Wembenyama fans because if he uh, if he blows <laughs> know, right? up and really becomes like the best player in the league, then, then you know, <laughs> the value is going to just rocket ship to the moon. And you get two of them. That's nuts. We got people right now at home. We got some people going, oh, my God, like, this guy's got his kid on the air. We got other people going, yep, I'm here, man. What are you, do- what, what are you going to do? Stir crazy. We're all together. We're all in this together. I don't know what's going to happen tomorrow with school, but there's, there's no school today. Driving ban's been lifted uh, mm-hmm. throughout Western New York, I believe, I believe everywhere, right, Joe? I think the yes. last I saw was there's no more. Yeah, as of like, so that's I think it was good. as of uh, 8 a.m. that uh, everything would be under a travel advisory, no longer a travel ban. Yeah. Okay, well, that includes... 
couple of different places that we're kind of obviously mm-hmm. you know talking about here with the Bills and the Sabers. The facility in Orchard Park for the Bills practice today. Your schedule today is coordinators will speak at eleven forty five. We won't carry that live. It won't be. Uh, we won't have enough time to do that here in the extra point show. But we'll have that sound for you. That'll be. Um, and I say coordinators, but it'll be Eric Washington, obviously. And we know Sean McDermott is the defensive play caller. But Joe Brady will speak. Eric Washington will speak. Uh, that will happen at 1145 down in the Bills media room. We'll have that sound for you available at WGR550.com and on the Odyssey app. And then practice today. Practice will be after that about 1 o'clock today, I believe, practice is. Um, my plan is to be down there for that, Joe. So, you know, I'll I'll trek down there and, yes, take some time after this show, get down there. And I'm really interested to see who's on the practice field for the Bills because obviously that's a huge storyline this week with their injuries. Um, as far as the Sabres are concerned, yes, also good news. The driving ban's been lifted uh, throughout Western New York here and downtown. The Sabres had their game yesterday postponed with the Chicago, Chicago Blackhawks. It'll be played tonight at 7 p.m. Correct me if I'm wrong. It was 7.30 last night, but 7 tonight, correct? Yep. Yes, 7 tonight Yeah, on MSG. Last night would have been a TNT game. Okay. What did they play on TNT last night instead? Was there a game on it? They check. did. They 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 did Red Wings and Panthers. I think it was Red Wings and okay. Panthers. It was definitely Florida. And they obviously had their play-by-play men and color guys here. So instead, what they did was almost... I didn't watch it. I, I liked the idea. I guess I heard that the execution maybe wasn't as good as you might have thought. They did like a almost like a Manning cast style watch party for Panthers and Red Wings with just the the, the guys in the studio like Bissonette and uh, Liam okay. McHugh um, all right I, I don't know if, I don't think Gretzky was on last night's broadcast but the, yeah the, the like Anson a Manning Carter, cast pretty much right like hey we don't have broadcast. do they, for do they normally do that for no. hockey do they normally do that never I don't think I think they only did it here because they just didn't have broadcasters at the game so what are you gonna do right you're not gonna put the game on in silence you could get local guys, but they decided, hey, why not said why don't we just put the studio show in the in the background the whole time? Joe, that that actually I bet you though I didn't I didn't watch it, I don't know. That seems like a kind of group that would be great at that kind of thing. I, I think so too. Yeah. Bissonette's good for that for stuff like yeah. that. Um I think Liam McHugh is very talented and is good for stuff like that. Um, so I would have thought it would have went pretty well. Again, I think the, the I only heard like one review of it that it wasn't it it sounded like, you know, what might be tough there is there was just no rehearsal time, right? Like, hey, you're just good. we're just going to try this and see what happens. Like, oh, okay. Whereas, like, I mean, the Manning cast does some prep, don't they? Like, they, they know the topics mm-hmm. that they want to touch on. They know, you know, what they're going to ask guests. They have guests on also. So, yeah, that's what they did instead, though, of the Sabres and Blackhawks last night. Bottom of this hour, 1030. We're going to get with our guy TJ Reeves. Buccaneers sideline reporter. I spoke with TJ on the phone last night. I called him up, said, hey, can you join us on the show? Then we kind of talked a little bit. He said two words to me, Joe. He said, we're dangerous. He was talking about the Bucs. Reminded me of Baker Mayfield saying that. I felt dangerous when I woke up. That's what he said, though. And I think that's right. The Bucs look pretty dangerous right now, don't they? And they go to Detroit. I think that game could go either way. Yeah, they have figured out how to score. I mean, that's uh-huh. that's the key here. They've figured out how to score. They have a nice running back that they use a lot. Mayfield has thrown his stats in like the last four weeks, 381 yards, 283, 309, 137. That was the final game against Carolina, and then 337 in the playoff game. And he's just on point when he's throwing to those top guys, Godwin and Evans. So, I mean, that's such a talented duo. Um, 
I don't really think they're a great team still. Like I think if they won, they'd get rolled by the 49ers. But I, I, I could see them going to Detroit and winning a, a close game. We'll talk, we'll talk with TJ at 10.30, and then we're, gonna, we're efforting to see if Paul's going to be available at 11.30. It might depend on Don Granado's availability. We'll kind of just check in with him on tonight's game to make sure, you know, what's going on there, who's going to start, what the injury situation is after last night's postponed game. Uh, in the meantime, it's Bill's Chiefs, and it is Sunday, 6.30 p.m. here in Orchard Park. Have you allowed yourself at all a moment to think about what it would be like Sunday at kickoff if we already know, or before that, if we already know that the Texans beat the Ravens and the game would be here in Orchard Park if the Bills win. Yeah. Yeah, I, th- I thought about this a little bit this morning when mm-hmm. just to throw a curveball uh, Howard's way for Howard picks the Bills, we picked the Texans to beat the Ravens. Um, oh, man. Which would mean, because that game is on Saturday, that it would yep. be it would be this outcome of, you know going into the game, hey, man, we're playing to come back here next week for a chance to go to the Super Bowl. And I mm-hmm. think, I don't necessarily think this would be right because I think Stroud is unbelievable. And man, if he goes into Baltimore and wins that game, right. it's going to even double down, triple down how dangerous they are. But oh, yeah. no one will be thinking about him and that as the that game's about to kick off against the Chiefs. I think the overall feeling of the fan base will be we're playing the Chiefs for the right to go to the Super Bowl here. Yeah, I I think that's probably right. Um that's the the thought, you know, going into the game. If you get, mm-hmm. what what bothers me and scares me as I as I talk through this with myself is remember that was the case before 13 seconds happened. We knew the AFC Championship game yeah was 13 seconds away from being played in Orchard Park. And I know I, I, I get there. I don't want to think that way because of that. I don't want to think because it brings back that kind of memory and I don't want to get ahead of myself. But holy cow, Joe, if that happens now, even if even if the Ravens win, right? Hey, you're yep. playing for the right to go to Baltimore to play in an AFC championship game. I mean, that's still a massive, massive deal. What I would say, though, too, is if the Texans do happen to beat the Ravens, even more so for America, Joe. The Bills have to win. We cannot have the Chiefs hosting the AFC Championship <laughs> game at Arrowhead this year. <laughs> no more games at Arrowhead. Close Arrowhead for the season. Yeah. That yes. Is, man, I if if the Bills season ends, that'll be excruciating in the first place. And then right, having to watch Arrowhead again. Oh. I just, I don't know if I'll, I don't think I'll be able to watch that game next week if that Agreed. if that happens. It'll be so tough to watch. The Bills back in the '90s, we all know, went to four straight Super Bowls. Joe, do you, do you know like where the the championship games were played to get to those four Super Bowls? Um, I I definitely how many times they were home or not home? Fifty-one to three, I know is here. Correct. That was nineteen ninety season. Yep, Montana. Montana one. came here, right, with the Chiefs. He did. He did, but it wasn't the following year right. or the year after. It was the fourth one. I. Th- Ooh man, I might have a tough time with the other two, the the two in the okay. in between, right? Um, yep. Did the the Dolphins came here? No, no, no. So, whoa, hold on, I'll remember this. The the Bills went to Miami, right? That is correct. They went to Miami for the third Super Bowl. They go to Miami. They beat them pretty soundly, actually, in Miami. I'm gonna 
Yeah. 29 to 10. I want to think about the score here. Hold on. Let me see if I'm right. I'm going to say 29 to 10. Okay. Yes, that was a score. 29 to 10. Um, they beat Miami in Miami. That was the Houston, o- <laughs> excuse me, Houston Oilers comeback year. Yep. Then they go to Pittsburgh and win, and then they go to Miami and win to go to the Super Bowl. Okay. What and happened in the second Super Bowl year? That one, I don't know if I remember. Wait. Oh, wait. I have to because that is, wait, that's the 91 season. And Correct. I've mentioned this before as a kid with the the old VHS player uh, to date myself. I had the Bills 1991 yearbook that I probably watched a hundred times. So I've got to know what this is. I've got I've, no. I've seen it on that Bills yearbook video. But oh, okay, got it. Uh, uh, Carlton Bailey, Broncos. That's right, Carlton Bailey. The pick six, Carlton Bailey. That's how the Bills won. They won the game mm-hmm. ten to seven, and in that game, the Broncos missed like three field goals, maybe right. even an extra point. Like they just right. missed a ton of kicks. And, and the, the Bills won by three points. They did not play well that day, but they played well enough against John Elway and the Bills. You know, uh, the the Broncos offense ten to seven. And in that year, though, to get to that game, they beat the Chiefs in this round. That was Steve Deberg, but they beat the okay. Chiefs in the divisional. Two years before they visit, played the Chiefs in the AFC Championship game. Okay, they crushed them in the uh, in the first the, the the divisional round after they would have been what the one seed. That's right. Okay. So that yeah, they crushed them thirty-seven to fourteen. Steve Deberg was the quarterback. Chiefs go out. They get um, you know Joe Montana. That his, you know last couple <laughs> years there. I think I do think Montana played. I, I think Montana played one more year after. I don't think his career ended in that game in Buffalo, but I I, I could be wrong. I want to look at that, but I think he played one more year. That that is uh, as we go down memory lane here, and I reference again that I had the '91 Bills yearbook. The one thing I remember from that video always is I know one of the losses during that season was at Kansas City for the Bills. Mm-hmm. And the reason I remember that is because I was introduced to a man named Christian Okoye, who looked like the <laughs> most terrifying human being I've ever seen in my life as a kid watching yes. that video. Oh, my God. He was a nightmare. In fact, I think it was his, uh, wasn't that his The Nigerian his nickname, nightmare, The Nigerian right? nightmare, right? Yep. Yeah, Christian Okoye. Let's see. Is that included in his... Uh, in his Wikipedia page, it should be. I think he would have it's been on the pro, It's on Christian his pro football Coy. reference page. Nigerian Nightmare. Nigerian yeah. Nightmare. He was. He was a beast. Yeah, the Bills played some really big games against the Chiefs in that time period. Uh, they went to Kansas City on a Monday night and just got completely destroyed. And, you know, playing them here, though, was a much different game. And I know the Bills have won in Kansas City, right? That's what we said here the last few years. They've gone to Kansas City. They've won. Then they go back to the playoffs, and they've lost. But it is very similar to me where... You know the the playoff deal to you know play this team is just it's completely different. Yep. And I keep thinking about the environment on Sunday, Joe. I have been on the sidelines for every single Bills game for the last ten years, even in COVID year, and not on the sideline was in the moat there, right? It was in the stands. I was allowed to be there to broadcast the game. I've been on the sidelines for every single Bills home game for the last ten years. My tenth year as the radio network sideline reporter. I've been I've heard this stadium super loud. It is one of, if not the loudest stadiums. In the league, Arrowhead absolutely is right up there as well. Like, I mean, you're splitting hairs. Which one's louder? Honestly, folks, I mean, I know they have the decibel thing and world's loudest crowd and all that. It's just extremely similar. I I think, I think about this game in my head, Joe. I'm not kidding you, and I think that this might be Sunday night the loudest I will have ever heard this stadium down in that field. Yeah, it's, it's man, all, everything. I saw... uh 
Jeremy pointed this out this morning that there was some Bills fan that was like trying to get, to get attention for. There's a way where you can like angle your head and neck when you're screaming <laughs> to actually make your voice even louder, <laughs> like oh like twenty percent, like ten percent louder or something or whatever, like to, to get more noise onto the field. I yeah. I expect that stadium to be louder than ever. I mean, it is and- the it's the game, the opponent. That every fan in that stadium has been itching to get in, in their in their in their stadium. Yep, and it's a, a playoff game, and just with all of the the angst of the season that's kind of led up to it. I man, I I think it's got to be the loudest that stadium's been at least in my lifetime. And let me throw this in there, Joe. That this is not an opponent that you're going to get a ton of road fans. They will travel a little bit. You'll get some Chiefs fans here. Chiefs fans. I think they're really a great fan base. I do. I, I've said this since I was a kid. Like, one of the most respectful fan bases, Midwest, uh, Midwestern hospitality, when you go there, when they come here, I've always had great interactions. I have a healthy, healthy respect for that fan base. It's not like the Steelers. It's not like the Raiders. It's not the Patriots. They're, they're not a huge, huge traveling fan base. And I don't say that with disrespect. I say that like, yes, you're going to get some people here. But when we talk about the crowd, you're going to get less of... Chiefs fans here than you would for Steelers, than you would for other teams that come to Buffalo, which makes it even more of a pro Bills loud crowd, obviously. Yeah. They also certainly get less Chiefs fans here than you get Buffalo Bills fans in Kansas City, I'll tell you that. Yeah. They also just won the Super Bowl. So like I don't I don't wanna go all the way with like they don't care, but you know, they're you you're living off a high of the Super Bowl. It's you know, you've already won a couple. You might not feel as, you know, motivated to go all the way to Orchard Park when it's going to be really cold and like, yeah, I'll just wa- I'll watch this one on I'll watch this one on TV. You know, there'll be some Chiefs fans, I'm sure, yeah. but yeah, it, it might have been, you know, it might have been a lot different if uh if well, if the game's in Arrowhead again, the Bills usually get some fans there. It's not like the Miami takeover, but I don't expect much red in the crowd on Sunday. All right, before we get to T.J. Reeves, let's go to Clover in Texas. Hi, Clover. You're on WGR. Hey, good morning, Sound Joe. How y'all doing? Good. Thanks for Good, thank you. Okay. Um, just wanted to uh, talk about the matchup with the our linebackers. You know, maybe we have some people out for that, and that might be a concern with Patty Mahomes. Um, mm-hmm. I just wanted to know, like, with the Miami game last week, I don't know. It seemed to me like – they were definitely taking advantage of their linebacker situation. But yeah. with their guys, like, I mean, I saw Duke Riley just do that two-hand touch. And, I mean, I know some of the other names they have, like Melvin Ingram, he's kind of slow. So, even though even though we have some backups, I think, you know, they've been in Sean McDermott's scheme for so long. I think they would be great. And then I heard Joe Viscali on you with Joe – or Joe Marino, Marino excuse mm-hmm. me with you this morning, Joe, and and I think he was definitely spot on saying with the key is Teron Johnson being back. So I think 100%. I was just thinking feel a lot better about our linebacker situation in Miami's. And plus they couldn't really score in the red zone mm. at home last week. So I think we got that going for for us. I just wonder yeah. what y'all felt. Well about on that. on and you're right about the Miami thing, by the way, last week. They had injuries at linebacker. They lost Baker, I believe, in the Bills game yeah. to a wrist injury mm-hmm. and they had backups in and that's what the Chiefs picked apart last week. Yep. And Johnson is huge, I think. And Bernard too, but 
the the biggest question for me is can you prevent what the Dolphins couldn't prevent last week, which is them just eating up over the middle of the field. Really, it's that second level middle of the field, right? Because that's where Johnson Mm -hmm. usually is covering. That's where the linebackers are usually covering. And, you know, the idea that it could be A.J. Klein and, you know, Dodson, I think, is trending towards being back, so at least you would have him. Um, And then Cam Lewis, maybe, in the second level. Like, if I'm Andy Mm -hmm. Reid and I think there's any chance that that's what I'm getting, I'm going right back to that that portion of the field. Um, I would, Let me ask you this, Joe. I would, would you, would you consider quick. playing more dime defense even on non-passing downs Okay, if that's the case? No, yeah, maybe. Then that actually goes to what I was just about to just throw in at the end. I feel like I trust yeah. Sean McDermott more to have a plan for that and adjust to that than yep. Vic Fangio. At this point, I, I have mm-hmm. that level of confidence in McDermott's defensive mind, and I think maybe, right, his answer to that, Sal, could just be what you just said of, I just watched what he did to Miami all week. All right, so instead of just on third and eight, third and ten, you know, if it's second down and long, okay, now we're going we're gonna to throw Poyer out there at, at the second level. Right. Thanks, Clover. We are going to get with TJ Reeves, Buccaneer sideline reporter, to talk about the NFC side of things, and especially with the Bucks and the Lions. We like talking with TJ, all things football, so we'll do that when we come back here on WGR. And then, Joe, at 1045, when, we, when we're done with TJ after that break, got a special guest that I've been in touch with that has an incredible story to share about his journey to Buffalo. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Baseball is back, and so is MLB.tv. Watch every out-of-market, regular season game on your favorite streaming devices. Anywhere, anytime, all season long. Follow the action live or on demand. Track four games at once with multi-view mode and catch up with in-game highlights. Plus, original programs, minor league broadcasts, and local pre- and post-game shows. Go to MLB.tv to start your free trial today. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission. Hello and back home over the last several days. We'll do that when we come back here on WGR. Allen in the shotgun, going to roll out to his right, looking for somebody, throws it back across the middle, and Kincaid waltzes into the end zone for his first touchdown as a Buffalo Bill. Well, that was back when the Buffalo Bills took on the Tampa Bay Buccaneers Thursday night football just before Halloween. A lot has changed in both Tampa and in Orchard Park since then. And, of course, both these teams respectively in each conference, onto the divisional round. Our guy, T.J. Reeves, Buccaneers sideline reporter, joins us on the West Her Hotline right now. My man, I know you're in high demand. We appreciate you joining us this morning. Welcome back to the Airwaves on WGR. Always great to be with sideline, brother. A lot has changed. You've gotten a lot more snow than we've gotten uh, here recently. (laughs) Good gracious. Are you guys done, or is it still snowing? What is the update? We need to know about the white fluffy stuff, because we don't know what that is down here. snowing out my window right now. I know that. Outstanding. 
That doesn't have to mean well, it's snowing out sales to... window, though, because a couple miles can mean all the difference. <laughs> yes, no, I, know I know it does. I know yes. he's been explaining that. Uh, so I shouldn't tell you high of 68 and there are people golfing in my subdivision. I should not tell you that on WGR this morning right now, right? I should not go there. I, yeah, I, I have seen I, – I've seen uh, – in South Florida more so on Twitter this morning. I was seeing people complaining about it being like 58. So I've got I got no time for how cold it is in uh, Florida. We have been over this. We are weak. Anything below fifty, it's bring the pets in, the plants in. We're in parkas. Any anything below that line of demarcation, it's big trouble down here. We can't handle what you guys have. But by the same token, you come down here and think that eighty degrees with like seventy percent humidity is hot. That ain't oh, hot, guys. Yeah, it's that's horrible. not hot. I mean, hot is like, no. as Gerald McCoy once said at Buccaneer Training Camp, when you see your soul walking next to you out on the practice field, that is hot. <laughs> <laughs> That's hot. So, I, and I, speaking of which, yeah, go ahead. Speaking of which, I think you want to talk about my five wins in the last six games, Tampa Bay Buccaneers, who appear to be at least relevant, if not hot, right now at the end of this season. Yeah, the Bills win six of seven to end the year. They needed all that. They then they win last week and the Buccaneers same thing right I mean they go in they win what last six or last seven I believe it is then they win last week they were four and seven I said to this to to uh, Joe TJ I said when you and I spoke last night on the phone you you gave me two words you said Sal we're dangerous why oh, are they so dangerous what has changed since really the calendar flipped to December I think the veteran players have have really taken hold they have stepped up I mean this time of year. Not unlike, you know, I'm a big college basketball guy. Not only like the month of March where your best players have to be your best players. Josh Allen, got to be your best player. Mike Evans, got to be your best player. You know, McCaffrey for San Francisco. Aiden Hutchinson probably uh, for the Lions as a, as a menace. But Lamar Jackson, your best players have to be your best players. And Baker Mayfield probably goes in that category right now, too, with his uh, leadership, with, with the accuracy, with getting them in the right play, the toughness. Uh, he has done a lot of the right things, but I mean, veterans, Levante David, who, you know, Sal is playing at an amazing Mm -hmm. level as a 12 year veteran. We believe here, he is sealing a hall of fame, uh, career here. Eventually, when you look at the accolades, when you look at a super bowl win, when you now look at the playoffs four years in a row, 12th year in the league, he's making 10, 12 tackles a game. He is everywhere. He'll be a factor in Detroit, but this team found something Really, in the second half of the home Carolina game, it was god-awful in the early part of December. It was 6-3. to three. Mayfield hits Evans on a long completion for a 75-yard catch-and-run touchdown. From that point on, for about four games, three-and-a-half games, they look like a playoff team. Went to Atlanta and won in the final minute, went and dominated that Green Bay team on December 18th that you saw in Dallas, and then went ahead and, and pummeled the Jacksonville Jaguars who, yes, they were, they were already sliding, but they helped the slide. And that, and that is in large part why they have punched their ticket and gotten into the playoffs here at the end. So, yes, better leadership, stars being stars. That's why the Bucks are dangerous. Exactly. Baker Mayfield has been just uh, you know, reborn, basically. What, what, what has been the difference? Why? Like, it's the people around him, him. Like, what's been the recipe for this success over this run? It starts with him, and if you go to Cleveland, as you guys know and you've talked about, and you can win a playoff game, that says something. That should count in the record book for like three playoff wins if you can go do that in Cleveland. So obviously he has the pedigree, uh, played in the college football playoff uh, with the Oklahoma Sooners and won the Heisman Trophy, so he's used to winning. 
And I think he came in here with the right amount of swagger and the right amount of composure and understood I don't have to do everything here when I've got Evans and I've got Godwin and I've got a, a good young pass-catching tight end in Kate Otten who caught eight balls the other night, which is a Buccaneer tight end record in a postseason game. He surpassed some guy named Gronk who caught six uh, hmm. passes in the Super Bowl win over the Chiefs. So Kate Otten now in his second season has a Buccaneer postseason record for tight ends with eight catches. Rashad White out of the backfield that can run and catch. Again, stars on the defense, guys like Shaq Barrett, like Levante David, Vita Vea, Antoine Winfield in the middle. Baker understood, just lead this team. And uh, he has been phenomenal. I told you about this before. He's been phenomenal to deal with. He has done the right things, said the right things, has a foundation set up, is looking to put roots down here in Tampa Bay. Uh, and right now, I think it's mutual. They want him back, and I think, why would you not want to be back in this situation for all of the reasons, including things like no state income tax, warm weather in the winter, successful team, successful mm-hmm. situation. So there's a lot to like about what Mayfield's done. So with his play as of late especially and the offense scoring recently, do you feel like they are capable of playing the kind of – run-and-gun game that the Lions often play? And the Lions, it's mostly just because their offense is so good and their defense is so inconsistent. Yeah, I think you're right. I mean, this is a team that demonstrated they could outscore Atlanta for what it's worth, that Detroit's better than Atlanta. But clearly Green Bay is on the level. Green Bay came in, as you guys know, on Thanksgiving and handled the Lions. This team went to Green Bay and scored and scored and scored on the Packers. And it's going to have to be the same kind of mentality where you've got to go get seven, got to go get seven. You go back to Monday night, they're kicking field goals in the first half of the game where instead of 13-3 to or 16-6, to it should have been something should have, could have, would have, like 24-6 to or 27-6 to because you're not going and getting touchdowns. So that's going to be a big part of this. And it is interesting because it's a revenge angle, just like the game with the Eagles. The Eagles came in here and bullied the Buccaneers in the regular season. And the Lions, the Lions were good. The Lions weren't great. Goff was very good. Goff had a ton of time to throw and completed 30 of 40, hello, in the first meeting. I don't think he's going to have the same type of time because I think the Bucks are a different schematic team here with blitzes. I mean, they were blitzing from every which direction. They were blitzing from the outside. They were blitzing from the middle. They were blitzing from western New York, Sal and Sneaky Joe. They were blitzing Jalen Hurts everywhere. So we're looking forward to all of the – different uh, blitzes and different things they can come up with. And uh, let's see. I I think this team has a real puncher's chance, especially if things go well early. Then Detroit starts to play tight. Here we go again. Uh, You know, are we going to get eliminated after we've won one playoff game and it's going to be another 35 years before we win another one? Let's see what the psychology is for the Lions if the Bucs start doing well. How about on the other side of that bracket? How do you see Jordan Love and the Packers on the heels of that big upset in San Francisco against the Niners? Well, you realize it is in our interest to have Green Bay go ahead and take care of San Francisco so that if you, if, yes. if, if you win, you have the NFC Championship game at home. I'm not Same thing here, buddy. I, Same thing here I if the Texans you. win, right? Have the Texans win yep. and then your games for the, for the AFC title game at home. But I'm not yep. just saying that I saw Green Bay at field level, and the Bucks were able to get a couple of takeaways off Jordan Love. He's obviously talented. They could not run the ball against the Buccaneers. Look at how they ran it at the end of the year when they had to have it against the Bears, against the Vikings and the two wins, and even against the Cowboys. They ran the ball. That's going to be a big key. 
Uh, I mean, obviously they're a significant underdog, but we have seen this if you go back through the playoffs over the last few years, including two years ago. Both number one seeds, Green Bay losing to San Francisco, by the way, and also the Tennessee Titans beating the Baltimore Ravens after the Titans had beaten Tom Brady in his final game on the wild card weekend for New England. They then went and beat the one seed. I have a sneaky Joe. I have a sneaking feeling that one of these number one seeds is in trouble, sitting back, Ooh. having rested players in the final week of the regular season, having taken a bye week, and maybe it is Green Bay who's been playing for their lives the last three or four weeks, catching San Francisco with love playing well. They get a turnover or two. I mean, the, the, the prevailing wisdom is San Francisco rolls, but I, I think Green Bay can hang in and look out if they do. Well, the common trait I think those two seven seeds have is they have young quarterbacks that nobody really knows the ceiling of. Right, like they they've looked right. so dangerous already, and especially T.J. Stroud for that for me because, you know, it, yeah. he just did it against arguably the best defense in football. So as much as the Ravens are also one of the best defenses in football, like Stroud just did it to an elite defense. That's very true. And again, his receivers are banged up. We saw them back in October in a wild game that the Bucks took the lead in with the final thirty seconds. Oh, yeah. Bringing up bad memories just to bring it up in Buffalo. You know about leads evaporating inside of 30 seconds. Well, we did that in Houston. We watched C.J. Stroud carve up the bug defense in the final 30 seconds for the go-ahead touchdown and the win. But he's got composure. The real, the real key is, is Lamar Jackson on. Are they on? Are they ready? Or... Oh, Uh-oh. Weeks ago, they didn't we play at all last week. And Houston's been fighting you. for their lives, guys. So that's it's going to be interesting on Saturday in both of those scenarios. How do you see this game in Buffalo, Kansas City? Chiefs coming to town. It's Patrick Mahomes' first ever road playoff game here in Orchard Park. And it's payback. It's payback again for what I just described a couple of years ago. You guys mm-hmm. have been waiting on that. I know there's some injury concerns, uh, especially on defense there. But I love the Bills' chances in, in this one. So, uh, Kansas City is not the same uh, right now, offensively, obviously, without Tyreek Hill, they've not been able to get a consistent deep threat from either Valdez Scantling, our guy Justin Watson, who we love, who I know personally, uh, who's now been there a couple of seasons. Tremendous speed receiver, special teams player. They've been trying to feature him a little bit, uh, as well as others. Uh, Rice uh, has come on as a rookie, but they, they don't have the same deep threat, and, and Kelsey with all the stuff about Taylor Swift, and he's had an ankle injury earlier in the year, um, I, I just wonder. They've been off at times. They can be had, the Chiefs. Listen to me spreading the optimism on the mighty WGR That's on right. a Thursday morning. The Chiefs can be had, boys. I like your yeah. chances on Monday night. Yeah, I think we all share that. Hey, before we let you go, I know you got a bunch of stuff going on today. You're, you're, you do a lot of work with college football as well. You do play-by-play. Nick Saban retiring. Um, I know you've done a lot of Alabama games over the years. And then on the heels of that as well, Bill Belichick, Pete Carroll. Boy, a real changing of the guard in the coaching circles at both levels, TJ. Yeah, crazy. And the uh, and you just you wonder, does Pete Carroll really hang him up or does he want one more chance somewhere else? I'm not so sure that Bill Belichick's coaching anywhere else. Mm-hmm. Then again, I was wrong about Tom Brady playing anywhere other than New England. I was wrong about that. Happily wrong. Sal and Sneaky Joe that he came from Tampa Bay and proved me No, I think he wants to coach. I think he wants the record. I mean, I think Atlanta's a decent fit for him. Um, I, I, you know, I I do. I even think, yeah, I mean, I guess the Chargers might want Harbaugh, but I do think he wants to coach, and some team's going to want to see him break the record in their colors. 
Washington Commanders, maybe. I don't know. Yep. But it could be pitiful, too, to watch him go and have a three- or four-win season somewhere else. And then you're asking the questions about why. Back to Saban, I think he and the old guard of college coaches are fed up with the whole transfer portal thing and having to re-recruit your team and what this has become. <clears throat> and in his case, he's intact as arguably the greatest college coach ever in terms of national title success. And he'll go make millions on TV, not unlike Sal Capaccio. Just go make your millions on TV, baby, in addition to doing the radio. That's where we'll see Nick Saban next. Joe, got any uh, any fight questions before TJ takes off? I don't think there's anything. Uh... Uh, Tyson Fury next month. Have me on yep. next month. Tyson Fury, Alexander Usyk, undisputed world heavyweight title fight next month. I want to see if uh, if our guy Francis Ngannou is going to get back in the boxing ring about, at some point. Yeah, Ngannou and Anthony Joshua are going to fight in March. Ngannou wow. uh, put it on Tyson Fury uh, enough that now he's going to fight the Brit Anthony Joshua. I'm here for your boxing needs. I got, I got a suit. Sorry, I got a super quick boxing thing to get to with you sure. before we run out of time. Deontay Ooh, Wilder, right. I never, I never need to see in a boxing ring again after what we saw a couple weeks awful. ago. The uh, yeah. the Alabama native, the former WBC champ, was awful yeah. in that card in Saudi Arabia, and I think he's done. But you know what the good news is? The Bills ain't done, and mm-hmm. I don't think the Bucks are done either. So <laughs> have me back on if we're talking yeah, buddy. about championship games. Have <laughs> me back on the mighty WGR. I look forward to being with you guys. I think the Bucks have a real shot Sunday. One playoff meeting ever against the Lions. Sal, you might have been down here in the late 90s in the Tampa Bay area. Mike Olcott, yep. Derek Brooks, Warren Sapp, yep. Barry right. Sanders, and Scott Mitchell and the Lions in the wild card game. I That's do. the only meeting in playoff history, and it's a Buck win. So there you go. I remember that for sure, buddy. Hey, listen, enjoy this weekend. Maybe, hopefully, we'll uh, catch up next week, and who knows? Maybe even Las Vegas in a few weeks, buddy. You never, I'm, not, I'm not going that far yet. Let's just get the win in Detroit. Okay. You guys take care All of business right. with Kansas City. We go from there. Stay warm. Stay out of trouble up there in western New York. We'll have warm thoughts for you. Of course, it's going to be freezing cold uh, in Detroit. Then again, you might have heard the game is inside. Todd Bowles did confirm that earlier in the week. Uh, you boys uh, behave. Always great to be with you. All right, buddy. You got it. TJ Reeves, Buccaneer sideline reporter at Buck Sideline Guy on Twitter on the West Her. Hotline. You can give us a call at 803-0550 when you do. We are getting connected with you, our fans. It's brought to you by Northtown Kia, Western New York's number one Kia dealer. Shop online at NorthtownKia.com. Coming up in the 11 o'clock hour, Joe, we're going to talk with somebody who had quite the adventure coming to Buffalo, going back to New Jersey, had to basically have all their flights canceled and stay at the airport for a couple days, but said to me, don't regret anything. How about that? We're going to talk with somebody who just uh, went through that experience and what it was like coming to their first Bills game in Orchard Park and going back home. We'll do that in the 11 o'clock hour. Uh, in the meantime, like I said, 803-0550, the number to call. You want to hook up with us here on the Extra Point Show. Let me lay out what's happening with the Bills today. Um, in An hour from now, 1145, Eric Washington and Joe Brady will speak. Practice at 1 p.m. We'll see who's on the field, who's not. We'll get an injury report after that from Sean McDermott and the Bills as they keep preparations going for the Kansas City Chiefs Sunday at 6.30. We'll take a timeout here. We'll come back on the Extra Point Show on WGR. Extra Point Show here on WGR. Sell the step away for a moment. Be back momentarily. 
Time for a phone call, 803-0550. Getting connected with our fans, brought to you by Northtown Kia. Shop online at northtownkia.com. Butch on the east side. What's up, man? Hey, thanks for taking my call. Good, good morning to you. Morning. Uh, great show as always. Appreciate you. Uh, I just want to just say a couple of things, really. And I want Joe Brady to really understand what level he is now. We're going into the divisional round. It's only eight teams left out of, tw- out of 32. That means there's 28 defensive coordinators who got networked and can always scheme and help other teams scheme and game plan for a rookie offensive coordinator like Joe Brady is. But I mean, he's not a rookie officer. He's a rookie offensive coordinator with the Buffalo Bills. My thing is, you have to change it up a little bit. You just can't come with your own film now. People have studied you. They're going to blitz Josh out like they've been doing the last couple games, and you're running some of the same plays. You're going to have to go up some point. You're going to have to go no huddle a little bit more. Speed the game up. Go go, go sweet right, sweet left. Get the defensive line going side to side lines. That's going to wear him down. He has to go ahead and put the, the game plan together, not based off what he's looking at. Maybe get some ideas from other people that's friends of his in the network business in the NFL to get some ideas. Each game going forward now is not like the regular season. You can't come with the same game plan that you did for the last 18 games. You're going to have to build a game plan every week. And all I'm asking him to do is be open-minded, Get up simple. Let him, let Josh get into a rhythm. Go no huddle a little bit. Keep the defense on the field where they can't substitute. And have them go left and right and up the middle, and I promise you. And dink and don't, and I promise you it's going to be easier than his hook. But thank you so much for taking my call. I love WGI. I love all the fans. And mm-hmm. thank you so much for taking this call. Thanks, Butch. I always appreciate the call. Brady, I was looking through some of the run numbers since he's become the offensive coordinator. The Bills are the 12th pass-happiest team in the league in neutral situations since Brady joined. Now, I saw that in a couple of places. I think the idea that Brady has leaned into the run game has gone a little too far. I think it's a lot of circumstance in a smaller sample size that points to why that's happened. I think the Cowboy game inflates that number dramatically because of how that game went and how poor Dallas was. The Bills did not go into that game planning to run it like that. But it was working so well that Brady even said, like, we just went, we started going to it. That wasn't on purpose. It was just a, the right adjustment at the right time. So, and, you know, the Pittsburgh game, they were ahead a little bit and they could have been a little bit more run-oriented. And also, those numbers don't account for how much more Josh Allen is scrambling versus the beginning part of the year. These are called pass plays that are going down in the in the book as a run play because Allen's taking off and running. So I've liked the job Brady's done. And any concern about, well, they've been leaning into the run game more, I, I don't really think that's as true as you think it is. It might be a, it's true to some extent, I'm sure, but not as dramatic as going from like the third pass-happiest team in the league to 12th. But I've liked the job Brady's done, and I'm confident about him going into Sunday. 803-0550 is the phone number. One more. Uh, actually, got to get to a break. Stefan only, and if you hang on hold, we'll get to you right when we come back. So time for phone calls. Sal will rejoin as well, and we'll uh, roll on. Bills and Chiefs coming up on Sunday at 630. Stay tuned. This is WGR. Baseball is back, and so is MLB.tv. Watch every out-of-market, regular-season game on your favorite streaming devices. Anywhere, anytime, all season long. Follow the action live or on demand. 
Track four games at once with multi-view mode and catch up with in-game highlights. Plus, original programs, minor league broadcasts, and local pre- and post-game shows. Go to MLB.tv to start your free trial today. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission.